this is very exciting. I am, well, Thomas and I are very, very excited to be talking to Craig Goldblatt today. And um, the, we've got many reasons. And I think by the time you've finished with uh, listening to this, either live or if you're walking your dog or driving the car um, and enjoying listening to this conversation, I think by the time you get to the end of it, you will feel so uplifted and enlightened. Um, and Thomas and I had the greatest pleasure of spending a whole day at Craig's workshop last week with some of our other BIP100 members. And so we're full of content, we're full of life, and we're really excited about making a difference to your life if you're listening in today. So let me give a little bit more context, because some of you may be thinking, who is this Penny Power and Thomas Power who are, are ranting on here? Um, and if you're just getting to know us for the first time, it's lovely to get the chance to get to meet you now or in the future. Um, so Thomas and I, we're all about community. Um, we believe business is personal and we manifest that through building communities and helping people to connect in a beautiful way with one another. And we have a community called BIP 100 um, and that stands for Business is Personal 100. And in that, in a very intimate community that will never be more than 100 people, we uh, curate into that group really fantastic people, um, all experts in something, all people that want to have impact and all people that have a really strong heart. And um, together they, they fulfill each other's needs for connection and love, but also skills and connections outside of the community, helping one another grow each other's businesses. And so um, we've had a lot of people contact us about BIT100 and we spend um, well, over three hours um, in a process of getting to know them and knowing whether or not um, they would enjoy the community and get value from it. So it's not easy necessarily to um, find yourself joining BIT100. Um, however, the reason we are like that about it is because we want to bring to our wider network, of which um, we are bringing this out live at the moment through LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, brilliant people to you because it's not easy to find brilliant people lots of connections out there but how do you find people who are going to really shift you really move you help your business and know that you will enjoy their company and that's what we've done and that's what we're doing today bringing Craig to you so Craig is about living on purpose um, and for we're going to talk a little bit about what's brought him to this point in his life where for many, many years now, he has been living his life on purpose and with purpose. So we're going to start by understanding that because that will give you the context of why Craig has such an amazing impact on people, um, entrepreneurs, individuals, um, corporates, leadership. Um, he's an international public speaker and um, all around brilliant guy. So enough from me. Now I really want you to get to know Craig and um, and hear from him. So um, this will be a very interactive conversation. It's like you're all sitting on the sofa with us. So Craig, let me start now. I've had the first three minutes. Hopefully you're not. Nobody's going to have to hear a lot from me anymore. Um, Craig, tell us a little bit about you and why you found this incredible purpose in life. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's uh, great to be here uh, with both of you and everybody else. Um, so I wanted to start, I guess, if I start with a potted history, um, three or four minutes with my life and where I've been. I'm 49 years of age. I was born in 73 in South Africa. I emigrated with my brother and my parents in 1977. 
I don't think my parents were, they struggled enormously with the situation in apartheid. Um, and uh, we emigrated to the UK. I did some business diplomas about 30, 40 miles southwest of London. And then I went on the road as a foot soldier and started selling capital equipment to industry and shops. And, and then I worked for TNT International, a large logistics company, moving boxes around the world. And I always say that I got promoted to the level of incompetence because <clears throat> I, what I realized in my 20s was I was really great at inspiring salespeople, but I was very bad at sitting behind the desk. And I became a sales manager. So the part of my role I was great at and the other part I really wasn't very good at. So sitting there crunching numbers and looking at strategies in a corporate setting was not me. So I left the corporate world at 29 and I wanted my own business and I started networking locally, which is my first introduction to entrepreneurship, really. <clears throat> and I realized that my only true gift in business was in communication. And I had no idea at 29 that public speaking or professional training or coaching existed. Um, but I, I was encouraged by a, a friend of mine to put 23 people in the room for 99 pounds a head and I ran a sales seminar and people gave me some really great feedback and it was basic skills of sales, such as how to plan and prepare and introduce yourself and how to ask great questions and how to present with integrity and power and how to build a pipeline and close business, all that basic stuff that you need to be in professional sales. And people in the entrepreneurial sector didn't necessarily have this grounding that the corporate world gives you. And so they found it really valuable and, and that gave me a, a little springboard to be able to <clears throat> reach the conference circuit. So for the first five years of my 30s, I trotted around the UK and Europe predominantly, and I got an opportunity, I was very lucky to speak in India and America and places like that occasionally, which is amazing. And I spoke about a hundred times a year, so I was busy trotting all over the place. And through that time, I sat in hundreds of conferences watching the most amazing orators and speakers, and I learned a lot about emotional needs, psychology and NLP and neuroscience and all this kind of great stuff. <clears throat> and I learned that our sense of self is the most important thing that we have. Like our internal world then drives our external world. And this was new to me. So never in my 20s did I start to introspect about my own sense of value or beliefs. And so in my 30s, I started really looking at my purpose, my intention, my beliefs, who I am, what's, what's my talents. And <clears throat> I got to 35 and when I was 35, it was a real key salient point in my life because I went and spent time in the Amazon with an Ecuadorian community in the heart of, of the Ecuadorian forest who are a shamanic practice and they're a dream nation. They're an incredible group of people along the Pastasa River, just an estuary off the Amazon River. And they allowed me without any Wi-Fi or anything to get off the grid and to really have a sense of self and introspect very deeply as to my purpose, my journey. And through doing that, my mum unfortunately passed away when I was 18, which, which was incredibly difficult. I think for an 18 year old kid to lose his mum at, at any time, it's horrific to lose a parent, but at 18 years of age, it obviously really shocked me. And I didn't deal with mum's death at all well in my twenties. I kind of blocked it out and that wasn't happening. And, and then in my mid thirties, I started to grieve for mum and asked dad lots of questions about mum's journey and what mum did. And mum was a, 
social worker that helped people coming out of prisons and she worked for the Red Cross all her life. And mum was a Nichiren Buddhist. So she was very spiritual in her orientation. And mum used to, she used to meditate up to about, I think, chant like five hours a day from five to eight in the morning. She used to be there on her chair meditating and in the evenings. And in my mid thirties, I started to realize what mum's legacy was for me. And we built a charity in West Africa. So when I was 35, we launched a charity called Giving Africa in a country called Burkina Faso. Um, that is, not everybody knows about this country. It's landlocked, it's sub-Saharan. <clears throat> it has incredible people in it, but its environment is obviously sub-desert and it's very hot and it has very few resources, a, bit, a little bit of gold and a few min minerals, but besides that, there's no natural resources to speak of. And so from a literacy perspective, Burkina Faso is the second poorest country on the five poorest countries in the world, as far as the United Nations is concerned. So if you wanna make a difference in the world, Burkina Faso is an amazing place to start. And so we built a school building for 800 kids. And, and then I, I had no idea at the beginning what I was doing. I was completely green. And I got some great people around me who knew what they were doing. <clears throat> and we built this infrastructure with an amazing partner on the ground. And that taught me a lot, a heck of a lot, about the power of community. Um, and, you know, they have a community in the north of Burkina Faso where if somebody lives near you, literally they will live and die for each other if they come from the same village, because they have to, because they have to look after each other. And this really brings tears to my eyes, actually, because they're so poor and they're so rich. And this really was an introduction at 35. I never had it before of how incredibly rich and how incredibly important the person next door to us is and our communities are. Um, and so that really taught me a huge amount. And I look to exchange that wealth by saying we can bring our resources to you, some money and some expertise from a vernacular architecture perspective and, and, and some learning skills, but you can give us heart. You can teach us how to look after the person next door. And so anyway, this is a lot more than three, four minutes. So I apologize, Penny, I'm, I'm going on. But just to finish this particular introduction that you've kindly given me. So I'm now 49. And so over the last 20 years, um, now over the last 20 years, my absolute focus is to inspire people to two things, to know that we should love ourselves and we're absolutely enough, that human beings are magnificent creatures. And we've been evolving over 200,000 years and we're magnificent and we've forgotten that, some of us, and I forget it, we all forget it actually sometimes, that we've got a heart and a spirit at the centre of who we are as human beings that is so powerful and, and we're born magnificent and we've got all of our ancestors inside us and we've only built of one thing which is cells. But we have amazing things in these cells. We have atoms and subatomic particles. We have amazing energy as human beings. And we have a capacity to love over the last number of centuries that is unreal. If we just open our hearts and, and look after ourselves and love each other, it's incredible what can be created. So that's like Thomas and Penny, exactly the same. I, I'm 
I'm in bit 100 because I finally found a place that really fills my heart and that is just about giving to each other. And so that to me is the most important thing. And COVID taught us that. So anyway, I'll keep quiet now. Um, and, and you know, my, well, actually, let me just say that, that my, my purpose is to help people with their intent their purpose, who they are and their beliefs and values. And that's my life's work. There you go. Oh, it's amazing. I love hearing. Wow. 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 Um, yeah. So Thomas, have you got any, uh, before I start I've, using my voice again? Yeah, I've got two, two questions for you, Craig. Brilliant, brilliant opening uh, summary. Uh, but two questions. I wanted, I wanted you to go deeper on two things. What, what does a sense of self actually mean? And the second thing you said was you, you introspect deeply when you went to Ecuador to the Amazon forest. Um, I presume that was some kind of healing from the loss of your mum. But yes, a little bit more on what, what does a sense of self actually mean? Because that, that is a hard <laughs> sentence to understand. Yes. So... To me, we have two worlds that we live in. We have, I believe we have two worlds. We have an internal world and an external world. And I think our internal world, I call self. And the reason why I say that is externally, when we're out there in the world, we are given labels. So I am a speaker, I am a coach, I'm a tennis player, I am a husband, and I am a dad. And we give these labels, and some of them are lovely labels, and some of them are not so nice labels, but we're given an identity, or we create an identity outside of ourselves. And then we have an internal world, which to me is true self in my body. So the first thing I want to say about sense of self is our bodies, a sense of self, is our bodies, the Dalai Lama says, is our home. So this is my home. A sense of self is to understand that my home is inside my body, not outside. That's the first thing. And I live inside myself. I don't live outside. I live inside. And the second thing I'd like to say is, which is a little story that connects to this, is I'm not a very good patient when I'm ill, but about 10 years ago or something, I had pneumonia and I was lying upstairs in my bed and it was about three weeks into me feeling rubbish. And I realized at that point that I'm the most important person on this planet because if I don't look after myself, I can't look after my kids. I won't be around and I won't be able to look after them if I don't have energy. And so my reality is, the second thing I want to say is a sense of self is to value my body and value myself and put good food and good water, nutrients and breathe properly. Just look after myself as much as I possibly can physically. That's the second thing that tells me about my sense of self. The third thing, sense of self is to love myself. And, and I can get that from asking other people what's good about me or what's great about me or what's amazing about me. We, we hide from that because we don't want to show that we're arrogant, but it's really important to find out what we're good at from other people rather than what we're bad at. So the third thing with sense of self is 
What are my talents? And that tells me who I am. What do people see in me? Because people are intelligent. People have wisdom. So if I ask 10 other people, what's amazing about Craig? What do you see in me? What's my value? They'll tell me. And this is for everybody. Everybody's got this. So if we go and ask, if we go and ask our family or our friends or our work colleagues or our football team or the people at our church or whatever our orientation is or our reading club, wherever it is, and say, what do you see? Tell me about my qualities. I'm, I'm learning about myself. What's great about me? Might sound a bit stupid at times, but it's an important exercise. And that tells me my sense of self because I'm giving my energy and people see me very fast. So that's the third thing that tells me a sense of self. I'll, I'll stop there except to say that <clears throat> I think sense of self, I read, I read a book once called The Inner Game of Tennis by Tim Galway. Yeah, I know that book. Wonderful book. And Tim describes in the book that there's self one and self two. And self one is a stream of consciousness or thoughts milling around in my head and self too is a deeper sense of self it's a feeling it's my physical and spiritual feeling about my emotions my deep state my deep emotions and I think that is sense of self is when I can sit quietly this is my answer because I've given some 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 external thoughts there uh, Thomas but to answer your question in, in a nutshell, sense of self to me is being a human being, not a human doing. And to sit quietly and can put my hand on my heart and connect to my feelings and to, to hold my hands and realise that I'm alive and the beauty that is me. I think it's a spiritual thing, sense of self. It's not necessarily, everybody's got different faiths. It's not a religious thing for me. A spiritual things just sit with myself and say i'm okay and this is what i love about life and and get my answers from inside first not outside so that's my best answer that's good oh, that's good i've ask, got asked a second question did you um, ask a second question sorry penny sorry oh, that was a brilliant that was a brilliant um, answer i've got other questions but penny's got something well uh, what i what i want is i mean what i want to understand is first of all some people say oh, i've heard this i've read books on this i've done this yes. i think it's the way you deliver and the structuring you put behind it that's so masterful um because we experienced that in your in your workshop what i would love to understand is for some people they would have to go through a journey to get that yes so and it might be quite hard work um yes quite, quite a lot of discipline and absolutely and and therefore you need to be motivated to do it take yourself to that find your sense of self so i want to ask you why would they do it what's the benefit of that what where when you cross that chasm and you find it what what is it what what, what is this place that i find myself in once i found my sense of self okay thank you for the question so <clears throat> my first thing to say is <clears throat> that we, I believe that we have all already found our sense of self. <clears throat> I think that we found our sense of self when we were born. In other words, there's a, there's a deep authenticity to our amazing system in our bodies. 
So I know we've found our sense of self because my heart's beating without me having to ask it. My brain is working without me having to ask it to. All my, my muscular system, my skeletal system, my neurological system, my emotions in my heart. I am genius as we all are. If, if we're computing apparently 3 million pieces of information a second in our subconscious mind. The ladies and gentlemen that are, are very kindly listening to this, we are all geniuses. There is no, and this is irrefutable. Nobody can argue this with me. If you take the human body and we separate judgment and say, this person can run faster than me. This person has more money than me. If we separate all that stuff and we just look at a human body with their emotions and their feelings, we all, our bodies know its sense of self. They've been here for 200,000 years, even at a physical level, not the spiritual work. I'm not talking about that. But our parents and our great, 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 great grandparents worked hard in, in their bodies to be able to have children and look after us. And, and then over 200,000 years, we've evolved into an amazing creation that does this with our lungs and our heart and our liver and our kidney. And we work, we sometimes get ill, of course, but the reality is our sense of self has already arrived. So we, we, we're already an amazing thing. So it's not about, it's about people realizing that they're already enough for me, not having to make six and a half million to then be enough. It, it's that we already know, everybody knows their sense of self. Our minds and hearts though, don't always realize what our body knows. So that's the first thing I'd say is, what yeah, about, so what about that? No, because I want to really get to know it. I want to know that. So how, I haven't answered your question. Well, yeah, what, how does that impact yes. my life once yes. I realize right. that? Is, is that so, self-esteem, yes. is that self-worth, is that? Yes. What, how does that then impact my life going forward once I've gone on that journey of discovery and, and appreciate yes. myself? Yes, so I, I, my sense is, and this is a very strong sense, is that we have two levels of feelings, I believe. So human beings just care about one thing. We only care about one thing. We only care about how we feel. We don't care about our thought. We, our thoughts help us. But at the end of the day, human beings, for whatever reason, I'm not clever enough to understand why, but human beings only care about one thing is how we feel and how other people feel that we love, those that we love. That's what human beings are. We're a walking bunch of energy that cares about our feelings. There's two levels of feelings. For me, there's emotions and there's state. So emotions come and go all the time. And then you have a foundation, like, like the foundations of a house. You have a state. And um, I always quote this chap, and I don't know if this is slightly right or wrong, because I've never met the gentleman, but if I was to quote the Dalai Lama, and or, sorry, I'm not quoting him. I'm, I'm understanding that this is what I think he's about, but I could be wrong because I haven't ever had the unique, opportunity to ask the Dalai Lama these questions but what I think is happening there is he has a state of calmness and joy okay and that's where he lives at a deep level but he gets very upset and he gets angry I'm sure 
and he 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 feels judgment and all sorts of things so he has his calmness as a state and then above that he has a series of emotions like all of us that go along it's like a conveyor belt so he has a foundation that stays pretty much the same because he worked on it his whole life and he's got all these emotions going on that he controls that, that are, are coming and going that are above that and the bonus of finding our sense of self is that we live in a state where we can be aware and recognize all the beauty that the planet has we recognize our wealth and we feel secure in who we are as a human being and then we can experience the beauty of the planet the reality is we can have all the houses all the cars all the swimming pools all the private islands all the private jets and we all know people that have all that stuff and are really have a lovely life internally and we all know people that have committed suicide in that state and so <clears throat> the benefit of this is to be able to wake up in the morning and feel joy by looking at a tree looking at a child playing and that's what the benefit of finding our sense of self and our magnificence is we get to two things we get to experience all the feelings authentically in our body and we get to feel great about who we are in the planet not all the time but we get what i mean by feel great is feel authentically so we get to cry with pain as well and know that that's okay so, so craig if i ask you the question if i ask you the question what's great about penny what <laughs> yeah. would you say uh, there's lots so penny for me is we'll just throw out a few things before so you penny, tell me okay. how, what's great about me oh. okay so so so, this. so so <laughs> so i feel that i've known penny <clears throat> for a matter of weeks and i have a lifelong friend and it brings me to tears because uh, we have a love that we share here that for me is special and I've found an authentic friend who really cares about my well-being and that's it so that's what's special about her and thank goodness you see what's coming to me in this that question which is a great question Thomas is that we try and explain a lot of things through our words and you know, if I look at your marriage, which is magnificent, and I've looked at you two and what you guys shared in your workshop and your courage that you delivered. You guys try and explain the love you have for each other and you won't pull it off because it's not about words. And it's I can look at you two and I can see your heart. And I can see what how much you care. And that's what's special about you guys. So you can tell about how a person is living and their sense of self by their bodies, by their energy. That, and, and so my sense is that Penny is a huge giver and you could argue that she gives too much, but she's a huge giver. She's very authentic in who she is she shares how she's feeling at any given moment which is enormously refreshing and she has enormous courage as she does that so she just shares and she says i'm on this planet i'm going to live this life and she just shares 
and and that and Penny has fears like all of us but she steps into them from what I can see and she says I'm gonna have a go I'm gonna share my fears I'm gonna share who I am and because I want to live and I want to live as deep as I can and and you share that Thomas and and you're for me the value that comes to me about you is your sense of I found somebody in the world that's much more curious than me which which is unusual for me you and this is why you have the network and I, I don't the network's an interesting word for me because it doesn't go deep enough you have the community you have the friendships Thomas you know half of this planet because <laughs> you because you are deeply curious and you never stop I, I'm guessing that you're asking people about people when you sleep so and that's a real gift and um so so that's my answer so that's good and I, I want to we've got 15 minutes left and I think you have beautiful answers and anybody listening there <laughs> We didn't pay Craig to say that about us. So naturally, I didn't know Thomas was going to ask that question. But thank you, Craig. That's really beautiful. Really it's beautiful. true. It's, it's true. true. And I feel very, a very strong resonance with you massively. So there's something that I don't think we can ignore. And I don't want to change the vibration here of this joyful, happy, loving environment. But I also feel yeah. it's really important for us to realise that some people are listening to this who are going through pain. Yeah, 100% and um most of us i shared in your workshop and shared in my book chapter two is called yes. broken and yes. we'll share with anybody who wants to know um I, I mean i'm very transparent because i think it's the only way we can really learn is from others who are open and and don't you know are, are willing to be in their truth um so for anybody that is listening to this who have listened and thought, OK, well, I actually can't pay my mortgage next month and I can't pay the bills and I don't know how I'm going to even get in a car and drive my children to school because I don't have yes. to pay petrol. There's a reality. Uh, and there's also some people are fearing that they haven't actually got to that point yet. But there is a lot of fear yes. in the world at the moment. Yes. And Thomas and yes. I absolutely, you know, we send out our love to you because we've been there and we know how that feels. And at, when you're in that state, for somebody to say, just, you know, you'll come through it, just get a sense of self. It's very hard bridge to cross. Yes. So um, um, there are, you know, I shared on LinkedIn post, you know, that I think I'm very empathetic. I'm very connected to people. And so I've been triggered by all the fear that's being put out because it reminds me of my journey and I can manifest that pain in myself again because I really know how fear creates bodily feelings in you uh, you know it races yeah. your heart it makes your stomach feel like you just avoided an accident I, so I think one of the things I think I would I want to say that to anybody that's listening here um, and I think if we could dedicate some time to that because I really understand deeply what Craig is talking about because it's about finding the wealth within yourself and understanding even if you are stripped of everything in the world and Thomas and I have experienced a lot um, of that um, you still have yourself yes. so I would love to really explore from that context with you Craig about that um, because it's beautiful and I think if I go back to 2007 when Thomas and my real challenges started and it carried on for many years um, 
if I if we'd met and spent time with you then, it might have made a big difference to the feeling of loss that we were having. So can we explore that with you, Craig? Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you. So um, there's a couple of things I'd like to say is <clears throat> many of the pains and suffering that that people have, I, I haven't experienced. That's the first thing to say. I, um, the pain and suffering that I've experienced most of all is the death of my mum which I'm still experiencing um, <clears throat> different ways. Um, and the first thing, my experience of this is, and this is unfortunate, and I don't know why this is the case, but we learn the most from our pains and our difficulty. We don't learn that much from our successes. We learn from, <clears throat> we learn from the real difficulty in life. And I know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slightly addictive personality. So I hang on to these great people and we're all, we all have deep talents with us. There's people that we orientate towards and we all have these different people. And one of them for me is this chap called Viktor Frankl who ended up in the Holocaust and wrote a book called his man's search for meaning. And he, he talked about his experience in four years in the death camps. And so I can't imagine an environment that has more suffering than that. And so I go to Viktor Frankl with that. And, you know, he, I can't even imagine how that pain and suffering began to grow him. And he said something which fascinated me is between stimulus of pain, if you like, he didn't say pain, but he said between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space, lies our opportunity to how we respond and in our response lies our growth and our freedom and so what, what i don't know if this is answering the question very well but what's coming to me is that there's a reason that i have no clue why this exists why do we have to have pain on this planet why i don't know the answer but my guess is we have all this stimulus that's important of pain and difficulty and then we learn to sit with it. And for some reason, <clears throat> that grows a muscle. It's like when we're in the gym and we do the last repetition of our bicep and the muscle tears physically and then blood rushes and our muscle gets bigger and the whole universe is expanding. So for me, all the time, scientists say that the universe is getting bigger and expanding all the time. So my sense is this struggle that we have as human beings is the only way that we can really grow. And then we pass that to our children so they get more muscles and the next generation. And that pain and suffering, not just pain and suffering, joy is essential as well. But these feelings and this extreme differences in feelings, the variety of the universe, the variety of ecosystems, the fact that why does a lion end up as a meat eater and have to kill a deer or wild dogs tear something alive why does that happen but i think it's because of evolution our need for something to be able to grow so what i would say finally as as how do we deal with that my sense is how do we deal with pain so the first thing i find is to be able to be aware that we are in pain to have awareness 
And that's very important. And that comes from community. That comes from having people around us. And I think the most important lesson I've learned in my life probably so far is who we spend our life with is who we will become. I quote Anthony Robbins for that. Who we spend our life with is who we become. And so the reality is, if I have people around me that can hold me to a higher standard, I then become aware of my difficulties. And then I can look at it because I've got support around me, even if it's a stranger. I'm aware that I need to explore this. The difficulty I had with my mum is I wasn't willing to be aware that mum had died in my 20s. I wasn't willing to even look at it or accept it. And so the, the, the power of pain and suffering is to be able to be aware of what's the lesson and how am I going to grow through this? And then I think we have an opportunity to be able to get out of the pain. So it's having these conversations, being a part of something like FIP, having the conversations to be able to say, this is where it's tricky and this is where it's great. And the more that we do that, we've been given a voice for some for a reason. The more that we do that as an example to others, the more that we can get out of pain. And, but your original question, I have no idea. It's a wonderful question. But I don't know why we have so much pain. The only answer I can have is it seems to really grow us. So does yeah. that mean, can I ask you a question there, Penny? Of course. D does, that, does that mean we are pain hunting animals? because that's the only thing that makes us grow yes so if we're pain hunting animals and we grow through pain and then when we die we're supposed to go to this place called heaven does that mean earth is hell <laughs> no so i think no it's a great question so for me again uh, i'm not doing very well here but to me i don't know the answer of of that <laughs> except to say that i think human beings have state and emotions in their body, these two levels, <clears throat> of which that is multicolored. So pain obviously isn't the only thing. We have all sorts of different emotions and, and states and feelings. Um, and pain's an interesting label, which I give it, and we all give it. And suffering's another one, and difficulty's another one, and challenge is another one, well, however we label these things, is that um, I can't remember, I got it from a friend called Graham Codrington, who's a phenomenal speaker and communicator in South Africa. But he told me a story of a lady who was at a conference and she did an amazing exercise where she said to an audience, write down the five most difficult experiences that you've had in your life mm -hmm. and grade them to zero to 10, each experience as to how much those five things have grown you. And most people were like between 40 and 50. In other words, the five experiences they've had the most difficult have been the most profound in their life. And she said, and you guys want an easy life. So what's grown you the most in your life and given you the most joy is the most painful. So why go for an easy life? Why not dive in and experience everything on this planet? So through our pain, we get the most joy. Children, no. children give us the most pain. Yes or no? <laughs> they give us the most pain. And my dad said this, my dad said to me, to me, when you have children, you're blessed enough to have children, children give you enormous pain. And, but the love that children give you is untold. So, so children are a great example of this is being a parent to me gives you extremes like you could never imagine. But we so want what you're saying is that pain is the both. path. 
Pain is the path to joy. And joy is the path to pain. In other words, it's all, we have different emotions. It's not in isolation. Pain can be beautiful. Joy is beautiful. So sometimes, and it's hard. And, 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 and so it's not in isolation, but pain is one emotion. It might be the, it's the route to growth. There you go. For me, pain is part of growth. But, but if you ask somebody who's won the US Open, if you ask Alcaraz right now, did he grow from winning the US Open? The answer is yes. Also from his joy. And so you need both. We, we need both. We need difficulty and we need creation. Ah, this is another. We need achievement and fulfillment. We need both. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I often, I think it's beautifully articulated. And I, a few years ago, I thought, to my, I suddenly thought, what right have I as an animal to have an easy life? I actually remember thinking, what right have I? Because if I look out at yeah. animals out there, they're constantly hunting, they're constantly seeking yeah. constantly yeah. seeking survival. Yes. Some of them get run over and become roadkill. You yeah. Know, and and we can't really it, it's a jungle. Like, we can't be arrogant as as a human no. being because no. we're still there to survive. And and but I, I please let me say this is that my experience of people who really know about this. Oops, we just lost you. Oh, we've experience lost you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's come back. So the, the, my experience of this, uh, watching people, and my own experience is, <clears throat> if, I, if I learn myself that it's okay for me to be in pain, the pain goes away much quicker. It's acceptance, isn't it? It's acceptance. And then... I'm not in pain as much like the Buddhist philosophies and <clears throat> a lot of them teach that pain is an image. It, it's not real for a lot of these people. I mean, we had, please excuse me because I don't know the details, but I've seen the photograph. And I don't know much about it, but I believe there was a gentleman, a monk who set himself alive many years ago, decades ago, as an example. And he said to himself and he stayed in meditation while he died in fire. <clears throat> and and you know this gentleman i'm guessing was willing to embrace pain like we couldn't even imagine and so he didn't connect to the pain he connected to something very different through meditation so human beings have an enormous capacity to accept things and therefore the pain at the level that we were feeling it through our egoic self dissipates yeah it's really beautiful Really beautiful, Craig. And I, I think I'd love to talk more. And actually, I'm sure um, a lot of the people listening in would love to explore this more. Let me help people know how to connect with you. So is the best place to come to LinkedIn and find you? Yes, okay. please. So LinkedIn's great. And uh, my website, craiggoldblatt.com. And LinkedIn's fantastic. All right. Well, so... And if anybody didn't get that, I'm going to sp spell Craig's name. I think you probably would know how to do it, but I just want to make sure you hear it properly. Also, you can, of course, contact Thomas Arai if you wanted to have us to connect you to, to Craig. And he has, um, well, you, we've experienced his workshops, which were lovely, not just lovely because of uh, the beautiful energy that Craig has, but the people he curated into the room and the community yeah. that formed as a result of, of that, which has been really stunning. Because Craig facilitates in a way for everybody to have a voice and people to break through stuff and 
not in a scary way, not where people are breaking down in tears, but where people are really come out of it feeling um, really enriched and really connected with one another. So he's got those. He does speaking. He does um, workshops, works with corporates. So please do connect with Craig. Um, so Craig, I think everybody will know how to spell Craig, C-R-A-I-G. Um, and then gold blatt with a double T at the end. So gold blatt, um, B-L-A-T-T at the end of gold. And um, Craig, has really been a fantastic chat with you. I think, um, you know, just to understand you, where you've come from, to understand how you help others, to see your philosophy of life, and also the identification that, you know, there there is suffering, but through the suffering, we will all grow. And um, I think that will help people. And um, thank, thank, you. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. Beautiful thank you. energy. Thank you.